What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 27 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I'm joined by my co-host, Christian. What's up, Christian? Uh, in, the wor- in the words of uh, um, what's it? Griswold from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> yes. Dobby, what's okay? What's good? What's like what's acceptable? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. What a little lie to Lord. We are joined today by our special guest, John Arbor. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Harbor. Harbor. Yeah, just like the as the boats come in. John yeah. Harbor. Um John, welcome, first and foremost, to Beyond the Smokestacks. Um, really, I guess really I'm bringing quick. the joy today. I wish yeah, really I, w- I wish it was under better circumstances. <laughs> really quick before we give him the uh, the questions, I actually want to give out a little special shout out to John because John is essentially a co-founder of the Night Owl Nation. So oh, that is yeah. correct. Trademark. Yeah, Trademark. yeah, we, yeah we, we should have we should have created like a nonprofit, like a, like did a, like 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 created an LLC or something or something. Like I don't know. Like we should have done something with it. Uh, I've been thinking about bringing it back this year because I'm hearing too much pigeon nonsense. It's getting it's getting a bit uh, overwhelming. Well, I, not to go off to- topic, but I think I have the pigeon killer, and that is uh, since we're going to the Valley of Ashes, right? And that's yeah. a very depressing place. Uh, erecting the Firebird, a blue and white Firebird that's coming out of the ashes instead of the pigeon, <laughs> and it looks like a pigeon. So people will just be like, "Oh, that's just Sam. That's just a mean pigeon." No, it's a yeah. phoenix, dude. It's just an angry pigeon. Huh. It's a it's a mythical creature. That's right. All right, John. So we have some rapid fire questions for you, so we can get to know you a little bit better, and, and uh, the the ten listeners that we have to also get to know you better. Um, oh, great. Who is your? I mean, this is. I mean, I know that we're going through a rough stretch of form here, but who is your favorite current NYCFC player? Yeah, that that's tough, and it is a you know, man. Um, I don't know where to even start because Chano, I think, is is just Chano's our anchor because it's kind of our heart and soul right now. Um, so I, I have a heart with Chano. I really like Keaton uh, still, and. Um, yeah, Desmond's growing on me, uh, but I'm, I'll probably say Chanel. Right. Keep it, you know, still yeah, from I mean, the old school. Yeah, it's I mean, it's easy. To, easy. He's an easy guy to root for. He's been around since uh, since the, our, our second year of, of existence. Um, he's the most familiar face we have. We've been looking at his face and watching him play for the longest, so it's, it makes sense for him to be uh, a unanimous favorite. Um, usually, you don't last in New York very long if we don't like you. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they sent my favorites away last year, last this season. So you know. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, well, hope, uh, it, hope, it, it can be the I same the answer. Same could be said about the coach after this season. <laughs> it can be the same answer, but who's your favorite all-time NYCFC player? Oh damn! Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with Max Morales on that one. Oh, Maxi Morales! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really, yeah, I, I didn't realize how much I was. I really miss him. Like, I really genuinely miss Max seeing Max in the pitch, being able to identify him immediately because of his slight stature. And just the magician shit that he would do on the field, I really genuinely miss it. It's it's it is sorely missed this season. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I miss the hell out of Maxi. How do you guys feel? About I, I think the entire I think the entire fan base misses Maxi. Not not just like you know like like his his signature uh, style on the pitch, but also just the way he would interact with the locker room and how. I don't, I don't. I feel like we lost like 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 even though he was never given the captaincy, I do think that we lost a. Uh, 
like, like how you know how John described Maxime Cheneau as the heart and soul of the team. I would have described described Maxi as that. Like up until this winter, I do think that he was the uh, the engine that kept the train going. And even though you know, even though things could definitely be worse uh, right now, I, I definitely think that that's a, a player like Maxi, both in terms of his you know on field contributions and his uh, locker room presence, is missed sorely right now. Yeah, I mean, and what, I think what hurts you more, I understand the concept of why he left. Uh, he wanted to go home, let, see his family play in his home country, but I've been keeping up with him. He hasn't really been getting a lot of burn for uh, for uh, for Rossing um, at all. He hasn't really been playing a lot at all. Um, and I, I know that if he was still with us, he'd be playing a fuck ton. So um, that kind of stings a little bit. But uh, but yeah, all right. So, John, um, here is probably one of the more controversial questions. Um, uh, what is your favorite all-time kit or jersey that NYCFC has worn? Oh, the black, the black away kit from season one. I, I'm still mad that we don't have black as our as our main kit now, color. Were, were you, uh, when the leak came out for the parlays, were you were you secretly hopeful that that NYCFC would get those black parlays? A little bit, but you know, New Yorkers wear black, and the black and blue combo it was just a, a really good combo. It was a little bit different, a step away from the city. It still had the city vibe, but it was away from the city and. Now when I see teams like, uh, you know, the Loons or LAF, you know, LA, it's just like, we would have looked good in black, but yeah. that's my favorite kit. It's ge- yeah. it's genuinely difficult to look bad in black, like to make a, have a bad exactly. black kit. Like it just looks intimidating. It looks awesome. Like an all black kit or even like a black with a mixture of other colors. It just looks great. <laughs> and we, we, had it for, we had it for one fucking season and it was only for a couple matches because we, we don't wear our away jerseys that often. Uh, no, and I still get shout-outs. A couple of matches. Our last uh, match at Yankee Stadium, somebody caught me in out of, come out of the restroom. The guy was like, oh, that's old school. Like, yeah, I, black kit. I I, uh, I actually was having this conversation with Gio Buckley and Davi last night in the, uh, in the server, and I said, a, like, you know what kit would be fire? The OG black kit with a star on the kit, the new number font, this year's number font and yeah and and blue numbers i think that would look just clean as fuck right like, like just i mean how many times has sporting kansas city done the hoops they're literally on like what 4.0 5.0 now it's like come on like 4.0 yeah yeah why can't we bring back the black kit well, like, like why the, can't we like bring it back and the league is all about like these little cash grabs with like parlays and 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 unique pre-match uniforms why, 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 why wouldn't the league want to want to uh, bring back a one-time only re- a resurgence of, of of remaking and reselling the black kits, the inaugural kits, like that? They, they, would, they would make so much money because it's universally loved by everybody in in, in the in the fandom. Um, everyone. But, and you don't even have to change anything about it. You can literally keep it the exact same. Like it's just yeah, just a re- yeah. just a reproduction. One hundred percent. Just put the new font on it. Because I, I admittedly, I was telling them, I just. I did not like the old MLS font, the one that we had like when we were coming into the league. I did not like that number, that 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 letter font. I didn't like the number font. I I didn't like the kit itself was nice, but everything else like I just I don't care for it. And I would definitely be interested in trying to find like a blank uh, black kit like somewhere online. I'm sure there's something out there. Um, and yeah, just like throw some numbers and, n- and names on it. Well. Uh, the, it, 
Yeah, I'm on eBay a lot. So I mean, you're you're lucky that you're about probably about a size or two sizes smaller than I am because I'm on eBay a lot. Whenever I see an, a real, because like, there's a lot of fakes out there, and there's also a lot of replicas and not authentics. So whenever I find an authentic black kit on eBay that's my size, I fucking pull the trigger. No matter. <laughs> so. and, and also just to stay on brand and, and make people uncomfortable and angry, throw a dude wipe sponsor on oh, the fuck. right sleeve. <laughs> Well, no, because back in fifteen we had double, we had double, uh, we had double badges, double patches uh, for MLS on both sleeves. Don't, don't the replicas come with none of them? The replicas come with um, one. The replicas come with one. It was one. Just one. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That that solves that yeah, issue. That works. That does work. That would piss people off Dude, too. As well. <laughs> oh man! All right, so John, um, here's a time where, um, so we want you to kind of blast out your socials where where, where you tweet out of, so people can follow you, but also we want you to uh, kind of walk the listeners and us through. And kind of tell us what your um, go go through your NYCFC origin story to let us know how you found this club, how you fell in love with this club, and why you currently um, put yourself through watching them lose uh, two games in a row on the road. <laughs> sure, um, yeah, it's actually you know me on two channels on Twitter, and it's uh, John Harbor, uh, just the uh, straight, um, and then uh, Man in Seat Nine is also uh, my alter ego. Um, I can't buy away the club of my God. I'm a big uh, EPL supporter. Sorry to say, I'm I'm a Spurs supporter. Um, I live in Chelsea. I wanted to be a Chelsea supporter, but I can't do it. Um, everybody was jumping on the Man U bandwagon at the time and Arsenal. And I was in London on business. Uh, the firm I used to work for was headquartered there. And I saw my first EPL match at White Hart Lane and became a Spurs supporter. That comes into the NYCFC story because. Um, I came to the first match with my wife, which was great. We sat up in the Bob Euchre seats uh, in the uh, left field corner. Um, she's not new to soccer, but she got into it a lot uh, by marrying myself. Uh, I played, uh, of course, like all of us, I played through high school. Um, I started as a, I'll date myself, I started as a left inside um, when they called it that. Um, and then moved, I was indoor. I was keeper and then moved to keeper outdoor and played, you know, through college. I joined the air force. I played through the military. Um, and then I came out and was playing recreationally. So she knows soccer and, and we went to, you know, I was really excited about NYCSC coming to the city. I had tried previously to be a Metro star and, and Red Bull supporter, but it was just too hard. There was no way. I mean, you know, the, the trek out there, number one is horrible. Um, there were no, fan support in the city at all like if you want to watch an away game there were no pub partners there was none of that kind of infrastructure um and when new york city the idea for that came up i was like yeah let's get us you know let's get um a team here in in this five boroughs i was really disappointed that the west village decided to kick them out of the pier idea because um, i would have been right around the corner um so we went to the first game and i thought you know i signed on i thought i'll i'll catch about you know, five or six games this season. I wasn't really thinking about founding membership at that point. Um, great story. Uh, David Villa came on the pitch, the guy, you know, who we should not name. Um, <laughs> he ducked his shoulder, and re my wife, Rebecca, <laughs> said, who's that? He's different. And I was like, yeah, that's David Villa. He's different. Um, you know, and so we watched that first match, and I ended up going to the second match, and then I ended up going to the third match, and I thought, yeah, it's just more economical to pull the ticket, pull the trigger on a season ticket. Um, so, um, and during that game, 
and why I say that was I love that first match because there was no idea of what this club was going to be, right? And I figured, well, I'm a Spurs supporter. I'm pretty good at being number four. Like, I can deal with disappointment. I can deal with uh, not taking the championship all the time, having a good team, uh, but not always, not getting any silverware. Um, and halfway through the first match, uh, my wife looked at me and she said, I don't think I've seen you this happy. And I turned, I was like, that's because I finally have a team to support, you know. Um, and that became the love affair that turned into NYCFC fandom. Um, so I did buy season tickets that inaugural season. Um, I've had them since. I've changed, I've hopped around the station, uh, the stadium. The first season, uh, first couple seasons, I was actually in seat nine. That's where the man in seat nine came from. And for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm a novelist, a uh, short story writer. And one of the things I wanted to, you know, a short story, you're, you're writing a sarc, so you have the, the whole story within 7,000 words. Um, and I really wanted to try something that you could, um, kind of following the Hemingway beat of sports writing, where you take something that happens in 90 minutes distill it down to 1500 words you find all the passion and highs and lows within that that block that 1500 words um and you do it in a compressed time period right game ends and you're post the next day so it, it's the tight deadline can you do that um and that's actually where i started writing i started writing uh for nycsc for vavel and then uh last word on sports and then we brought it over to uh mark fishkin and uh I'm um, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Russ McKenzie, who's a, a really good friend, they were writing for Red Bulls at the time. And we kind of started um, the Water Tower was not anything to do with sports. Water Tower was a, it was a life, politics, kind of New York-based uh, blog. And we added uh, Water Tower FC to that, and they were covering... I was getting some uh, guest posts for the Red Bulls and then Tony Larson here in New York, uh, myself, and a couple others um, covered NYCFC. And we were doing that um, as the man in seat nine and, and that moniker. And then, you know, after a few years, I decided I just wanted to be, about three years ago, I decided I just want to be a fan again. Um, I was tired of being super analytical about the games and always being in the, ma you know, at the games. Uh, being Coach Joe, let's say, <laughs> being hypercritical and just being super, super um, analyzing everything. Um, so I came back to being a fan and uh, just enjoying the game until I got kind of called out of retirement this uh, this season with uh, Positively Blue. Um, and I, not to, um, you know, that was kind of, I think, and, and Joe, you're not, you're a part of this, but you're not the cause. I, I think we finally came we have finally evolved into proper uh, football fandom in NYCFC land, where we're not truly happy unless we're really pissed at our team. Mm. Like, it's got to be the worst team in the world. It's it's so bad. Everything is so bad. And what I want to do this season, come off the bench a little bit and just kind of give some perspective about, yes, there are some, let's say, issues with the team. Um, I think some of that, a lot of that is from the direction that we get from the front office and from uh, the home the home team over there, uh, City, uh, in that there's this, I think there's this philosophy sense, Dome, that it's, it, it's 
everything is an elongated preseason until you hit the playoffs. And all they care about is let's get into the playoffs and then hit Jets and, and make the run. So everything up to the playoffs becomes this elongated trial session of let's try different formations, let's try different players, let's do this, let's do that. And it sucks for the fans because you have this huge inconsistency until you find the right groove or you you know you find the what's working and all that and it's just that gets to be a little bit tough so you know the positivity came out of let's just go back to the fact that hey i'm watching professional football in new york um you know it's my favorite sport um i can you know we don't have the summer day games anymore where we can sit out in the sun and enjoy a beer and well, that's, watch that's the match true. we're gonna get two games at three yeah we get two games so that's not completely true <laughs> That's not, yeah, I had this sneaky hope that Apple looks at the fact that stacking all the games on Saturday at 7.30 is really bad for viewership because you only watch your own match, that they stagger them more, you know, like 12-3-6 next season, and hopefully we get some more games. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping after this season uh, they kind of do what the NFL does, where it's like you got you have a handful of games at a certain time, then another game is like, three hours after that and then you get the primetime game or whatever or yeah or they or they get or they start a match and like like friday like we used to have friday matches and sunday matches i know there's one right now as we speak Ooh, i don't think we ever had a friday uh, match seattle yeah no, seattle no and sporting yeah seattle and sporting are playing right now as we speak but there's no i don't think there's been any friday matches so far this season but I don't think we've ever uh, had a friday if you guys match. remember back no but if you guys remember back in the day there used to be at least one friday match Never before us. Apple TV. Oh, the the one time I can remember we got pummeled by Pozuelo. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember ever having. It. Usually the MLS has always subscribed to the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the weekend. Um, because if I mean if you have a Friday match, then, then that's your weekend match, and the week and they always want a weekend match, like a true weekend Saturday Sunday match. Every now and again there'll be a Monday match, but usually it's like midweek, and then like it's it's like this week we have the midweek Wednesday Open Cup, and then the weekend is. And then the following Wednesday, and then the following Saturday, it's, it's always kind of, I feel like it's always been that. I feel like, I, I mean, I've been to most home games. I don't remember ever, ever going into the city on a Friday. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I do, I, I like John. I, it, I mean, it was novelty. It was, it was, it was nice. I mean, the summertime, it was so fucking hot, but it was, yes. it, it, it was nice to go. That's, that's, the, that's the best thing about it. Go on a Saturday. I was actually, Sunday, I'm he, actually more thinking. Pollyannic, I'm thinking more of, you know, it's that first warm weekend in May. Yeah. When you kick back. But yeah, those those July those July August one o'clock kickoffs where you're freaking melting in the sun. It's like, oh my god. Well, the good news is that they they are they did give us a uh, afternoon kickoff for one of the dar- for the home derby match. I mean, I know that's a little bit a ways it's off. But, yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, nice. So it will, it, it'll still be like it'll still be okay. It won't be as hot like say July. No. Yeah, and now did they do that? Wasn't that done so that we pick up the UK? Uh, viewership, maybe for that I, match. I, I think, I think so. Probably, it's probably like one of those games, like those featured games that they they want, like as little, like as little, for lack of a better term, competition among other matches on there. And also, yeah, like definitely, you want to like, even though it's the uh, the Hudson River Derby has definitely not picked up the traction that many have thought um, uh, it would over the years, as far as like you know, like the most watched Derby matches in the league. Uh, it's still a match that, especially now, like after we've won a cup, that has a little bit, like quite a few more dynamics behind it now. Because, you know, before it was like, okay, none of these teams have won a championship. And 
the red team has, you know, won the majority of the matches, including the uh, infamous red wedding. And uh, but now, uh, NYC since then, NYCFC has gained some traction as far as like uh, head-to-head results are concerned, and has also won a cup. So, uh, well, at it, least, it, uh, yeah, at least night night owl number one passport holder won't have to stay up too late. Yeah, and <laughs> night owl number two is still gonna. <laughs> Stay up to three o'clock in the morning, wake up at eight, and wonder why I have a headache. Well, so. Night Owl three and four are our buddies, uh, UK NYCFC Andrew Bernard and uh, who's our buddy from Ireland? Daniel. Daniel from Ireland. That would be they're, Danny boy. They're they're up they're up way late to watch well, NYCFC overseas. Yeah, no the the NY, the Night Owl number one is uh, UK. Yeah, actually, we yeah we gave him the the number one card because he has been up since start of uh start of the franchise actually so he got number one okay he's actually uh we'll talk about more in the preview but he's coming to uh he's coming to the states on friday yeah i'm I'm picking threaten to revoke his passport i'm picking him up from the airport and he's staying with me uh he's going to the, the he's going to the red bull game on saturday he's going to the red bull two game on sunday uh, then he's flying out and going to the Orlando game, and then he's also going to watch a couple more matches down in Florida. He's flying down to Florida after me. Um, so- yeah. So last last year when he was here, he brought us some luck. So Joe, since he's staying with you, if if we start winning road games when he's here, you just have to lock him in. Yeah. Just yeah. Just I, I refuse to drive anywhere, and, and anytime anyone comes and pulls in the driveway, I'll just shoot it away. Yeah. I can I can, I can handle that. Uh, all right, so I guess um, so. This this was a nice little jovial conversation. Now turning towards the uh, dumpster fire and bullshit that is uh, the form of this current club. Um, so uh, we are only st- Fabrizio Romano because here we go. <laughs> we are we are still sitting on fifteen points. I mean, so yeah. So J- John, I mean, John was John hit the nail on the head. So things could always be worse. We could be SKC. We could be the we could be uh, the New Jersey, New Jersey Red Bulls. Um, things aren't as bad, but they're bad because of our expectations. Our expectations have been raised because we won a cup. Um, well, speaking of Kansas, speaking of Kansas City, they're, they're up 1-0. They're up 2-0 two? That's crazy. This league is yeah. – I, I love and hate this league at the same time because anybody can be anybody, but what? But <laughs> how is SKC beating Seattle 2-0? Seattle looked like the best team in the fucking league like a couple weeks ago, and now they're losing to winless SKC. That makes no sense that's, in my brain. That's what you get for playing Eber at the time. Eber's still not scoring. They beat Tulsa Athletic. Of what? The, yeah, but that's the, in the, the, that the Oklahoma count. Beer League? Like, what the fuck? It's it in the a, cup. That doesn't count. It, it, it was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> All right, so we, we're sitting on four wins, four losses, three draws. We're fifth in the East, tenth in the Shield. Four wins, one draw at home. No wins, four losses, two draws on the road. We are officially the last team in the Eastern Conference to win an away match in 2023. I, w- I wonder if we'll be the last team in the. I wonder if we'll be the last team in the league to win an away match. <laughs> Probably. Um, and then just to, just to dump more shit on top of that, um, in our last 12 matches, MLS play, we are two wins, two draws, eight losses. That's away matches. Under Nick Cushing in MLS play, regular season, four wins, four draws, nine losses. We can't win on the road, and it sucks because unless it's the, the way the way this team, yeah, unless it's the playoffs, unless it means something like in, imminently, like unless it means that our season is over. Um. And it just sucks because things are things are so good and we're on such a high 
after like a, a, a home stretch of like three games, we come out with seven points and then we go on the road and it's just like, fuck, like this sucks. Like what the fuck? Why can't we just replicate what we do at home? And don't say it's the field dimensions. It's not the fucking field dimensions. It's not the field dimensions. I'm telling you right now, the field is not that much larger that it fucks up the feng shui of how they play football. It's just, it's, I, it's the tactics. It's the passion. It's, I don't know. But it's something, but it's not the fucking field dimensions. We can play on a big field. We beat Portland. We beat Montreal on a big field. We can play on big fields. It's it's everything I, else. I, I, <laughs> I think right now, with these last two games, like this might seem like a like a bit of naivete, like like using this as an excuse. But I really do think that squad rotation definitely plays a part in these oh, yeah. last two games. For sure. uh, we were missing yeah, sure. like like we we definitely were missing GP and. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to say Kufre last week because Kufre was, uh, well, you know, I, in this particular game, I thought Kufre was particularly foul to uh, to watch. He had a stench coming off of him that I can smell through my TV. Um, he, won the, he won us a penalty. That's our first penalty of the year, by the way. I yeah, know, well, I mean, you never get penalties, man. It sucks. He didn't, didn't win a penalty as and much yet, as... And uh, yet, fucking Penladelphia getting more penalties than Argentina know, at the World that. Cup, man. Uh, oh, this fucking guy's dog pisses me off, man. Jesus Christ! Uh, I, I wouldn't say that uh, Kufre won that penalty as much as so he was like an unfortunate victim of a, a literal scissoring from behind him. Uh, but uh, uh, you know that sounded you know, wrong. It, well, it, it's gonna sound wrong. Relax, oh, you, 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 you can do. Uh, yeah, yeah it's just anyway. Um, and you know, obviously, with this game, GP scoring, uh, you see what kind of difference he makes. Uh, GP, I thought, had a very good game overall. And when he's on his day, he's pretty good. Uh, and you know, like, like, and like last night, you know, we we started Andres Jason, Jason, who got a you know a forty-five minute shift. Uh, Tavon, we we had to make a early substitution because Tavon Gray came off injured. Which you know, like even if like, like it doesn't matter whether or not you think Mitchellinich is a better option at right back currently, uh, it's still like it's going to affect the game plan uh, going into that game because I'm pretty sure that for days they've been training with Tavon Gray in that spot and have built the uh, that game plan with Tavon Gray playing uh, for a full ninety or at least close to in mind. So you have like that interruption. You also bring in Alfredo Morales, who has not been good this season. Uh, I think none. I don't think anybody here, uh, you know, harbors any ill will towards Alfredo because he's definitely been good more than he's been bad in the past for this club. But just so far in 2023, he's looked a step behind. Ever since, uh, the, ever since he pulled the groin, he just, he just hasn't looked the same. Yeah, he he definitely looks like he's lost a step this season. And you, then you have Sands at center back, and I'm actually going to say it: Sands is not a good center back. He's not a good center back at all. Uh, I you could easily uh, you know uh, I mean there was multiple factors in both goals, but I would definitely put both. Uh, it, James Sands definitely takes at least part of the blame in each of them, and and you know it, it's a night and day difference between when he's back there and then when he's playing and uh, as a defensive midfielder and when he's playing oh, as a defensive totally. midfielder. I, I I think he's the best defensive midfielder in the world, like, like in the league when he's in when the he's world, at, huh? In the it, world, That's no, a... I misspoke. You know, the uh, best best defensive midfielder in the league. I think that's a. I think he's a shoe in for that when he's uh, at the six. But when he's at center back, he is. 
just terribly pedestrian at best, and if not a complete liability at worst. And yeah, and to Joe, yeah. you know, this actually also bleeds into, like I said, like watching the team when they're on the road is super frustrating because I made a snarky comment um, or snarky tweet. Uh, last game was that we can't all 20,000 of us can't go on the road with you guys and it always feels to me and it, this goes back to the statement also that we play the season like it's this extended preseason that nobody's watching them on the road when they play at home they're on fire because we're behind them and I think they wake up and go oh yeah the you know the fans are here that's great but when they're on the road everybody stops one of the things I hate about Talos Magno right now is that if on the road, essentially, like at home, he was playing fairly well, decent. He was had he had runs off the ball. He's moving. When I watch him on TV, if he doesn't have the ball, he's standing still, and he's just waiting for a pass, or he's just waiting. He's, he's no movement off the ball, no runs in, no, uh, you know, it, it's like the whole team is kind of lack of passion, lack of energy. Um, it's like nobody's watching, right? It's like well, nobody's watching us, so we're just gonna kind of coast and um like i have big problems with i know you guys are probably going to talk about it chano being benched i mean what he yes there was the outburst on the field but from what he was yelling at magno it's 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 right it's like you know i don't know why magno right now is a dp he's not earning dp spot it's it's just kind of hanging around off the ball and if he gets lucky he, he gets lucky um and it's like our energy is just that just permeates through the the squad. To be fair, I don't think Chano was necessarily benched for that thing. I think he was just I think he was literally just being rotated because he's played every minute of this season yeah. so far. But there's, and, but there's also a reason, right? Because like when, like I say, I think he's our anchor when when he's at center back. He it's like fear the beard. It's just there's this this solidity in the defense, even when it's it's wobbly that. At least there's something there, and like you said last night, Sands is a center back. That that set piece should never have gotten. Um, you know, he him and I forgot who he went up with, bumped into each other, and and just totally missed the block. And I think it was know, Parks. Had, yeah, yeah, maybe Parks. Parks. Yeah. Went up shoulder to shoulder, bounced off each other, and the ball gets headed in for a goal. Um, it, it's just not. I just. I feel bad for him. Maybe it was. It, it did seem like you know they they had benched both of them, and then Magno gets brought on. Um, well, so I hope it was. So optically, it looks bad because we we don't we're, we don't know that Talis and Chano were benched because of the reasons of, that we're thinking of, like in terms of what happened um, at the end of the at the end of the Toronto match. Um, Nick Cushing, like I mean, maybe he was more precursory in, in, in his press con- in his press conference saying, "Oh, there's going to be more squad rotation." So. Like, was it? Do we think that this was a disciplinary uh, action of uh, uh, taking Chano and Ta- and Talis out of the starting lineup, or was this his way of of, of rotating some legs? Because if you look at it, Talis has played in every match this season so far, um, and so I think so had uh, no Chano missed one for international duty, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, even on international duty, he like had minutes. Did he yeah, not? Yeah, like, he like, did. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. So what? No, yeah, do, yeah. do we are, are we leaning towards that this was um, just planned squad rotation, or or was this disciplinary? Because also they need to look at it that Talis was brought on at halftime and Chino did not play in this match. But granted, you don't bring on the center back unless it's an injury. But you know, I, it was, I, maybe it's the fact that that the we're playing Charlotte, which is a really poor team, and we have a long 
a, stretch a, a still ahead of us. A team we can't fucking beat, by the way. A team that we're <laughs> we only three against. We can't beat Charlotte. Yes. I, I think it much has much more to do with the fact that it, like like it's rotation. I don't think there was any disciplinary actions handed down at all. I think it was hashed out. Uh, well, I mean, according to in Cushing's own words, it was hashed out immediately in the aftermath of the game. Uh, in the lead up to the game this week, he actually said that he kind of uh, liked it because he likes that players hold each other accountable, and he needs to see some fire and passion out of players. Uh, he does think that you can't, it went on a little you can't bit. do that on the pitch for public well, display. He does. He does no. think it went on a little bit too long, and he does think it was a little bit too demonstrative. However, he's not necessarily opposed to two players ha- kind of having a clashing of heads. And you also have to remember the same kind of situation happened, pr- probably worse so, with Maxi Morales and Santi Rodriguez last year, in which there was actually physical contact between the two, and there was no punishments then. And Cushing and Cushing was you know, running the team at that point. So, no, I, I don't think it was any disciplinary action. I think uh, I think Talos was brought in at, at halftime because Andres Jason is uh, a chore to watch, to uh, <laughs> be as charitable as possible. And uh, to his credit, I thought that Talos Magno gave the team a, a spark last night. I do think that the, the attack looked much better. Uh, when, he, when he the way in. he played last night should be the way he's playing every game. Yeah, I was actually going to say that too. He actually seemed to actually be—he was pressing on certain occasions. He was—he uh, had kind of had a, like a little bit of an energy to him. Uh, there was one moment where he was uh, trying to link up quick with Santi and put a ball out there. Santi ran wide and didn't overlap him. Um, whether or not that was miscommunication, or whether or not Talos Magno, or whether or not either Talos Magno or Santi Rodriguez fucked up in that in that moment was like kind of like. Be irrelevant. There was obviously just a miscommunication, and Talos actually kind of put his hands out to say, "Like my bad." Like he he kind of seemed like I don't, whatever they did during. Like I, I mean, I can't speak the same to our defensive acumen, giving up three goals uh, to uh, the lowly Charlotte. I can't say that whatever we did in training was effective as far as our play on the pitch was concerned. But I definitely did see at least a momentary uh, change in demeanor and attitude from Talos Magno. Uh, so, you know, whether or not, you know, that we'll, we'll see that play out over, you know, the long run and whether or not it's just, you know, you know, like, like just, you know, like a in the moment thing, it will definitely be, uh, discovered over the course of the season. But no, I, uh, sorry for the long winded answer, but no, I do not think it was a disciplinary. I think it was just a matter of Chuno and Talis Magno have played a lot of football. Uh, Chuno has played even more, uh, with, uh, international, uh, appearances factored in, and neither one of them have gotten an extent an extended break outside of maybe like being taken off in the last ten minutes in Tal- Talis's case. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, I, I don't think it was. Uh, I think I think it was pretty much. Uh, I think it was just a matter of squad rotation, uh, which is uh, something that Cushing has been talking about for the last two weeks. Um, and unfortunately, it came to bit us in the ass uh, because uh, Sands was forced to move back to center back because Tony Alfaro was hurt. So yeah, no, not a not a fun game to watch defensively at all. Yeah, so I was still in a uh, in an anger blindness with rage after uh, conceding once again to Charlotte. This is the third match we played against them, and this is the third consecutive time that we've conceded a we goal in, it on the in preview, under Joe. 10 minutes to Charlotte. They've scored Joe, in the fourth the minute, the fifth minute, and now the eighth minute of a match. Yeah, we did call it in the preview. 
They've scored three times in three matches in the first 10 minutes of a match against us. It's fucking infuriating and predictable. Um, so I was in an anger. And also the goal was so easy. It's just another drive down the right flank, swing the ball in. Their, their number nine gets in behind both of our center backs and taps the ball into the back end. It was the easiest goal you've ever seen in your fucking life. So I was, um, so can someone walk me through what happened to Tavon? Because I mean, I was still in an, ang in, in an anger, blind rage. Um, I didn't really see exactly what happened to him. I know that he came off with an injury. Um, but what, like, was, is, 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 is it his hamstring again? Was it lower body? What was it? What happened? Someone tell me. Ankle. Ankle. Somebody tackled him. Ankle. He got, he got caught up in a tackle. Yeah. Tavon is Tavon's was, becoming was... a little bit men of glass. No. With all these, all these, all these well. odd and end injuries he's picking up and having to miss time, and I mean, I, I thought that our depth at fullback was pretty good, um, but now, um, now if Tavon has to come out after 16 minutes and Micha comes back and comes on after this was supposed to be a rotation game for Micha to get him some rest, um, so now, I mean, now if if Tavon, I mean, we, we I haven't heard as of Sunday about any anything, and we won't because uh, because NYCFC is notoriously. Um, very cautious with releasing information about injuries so we won't hear about anything until probably the day before the fucking cincinnati game on tuesday or maybe the day of but anyway um so now i mean stephen turnbull is is going to be on everyone's mind because now he is the depth piece at right back with um with with Elenic. um he just recently got signed to a first team contract um yeah so i mean that injury happened at 16 they scored at eight and then um a beautiful let's talk about i mean let's 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 try to bring in some some levity and some brightness into this conversation uh beautiful beautiful build-up play by nycfc um ledesma springing um it almost it was it, it reminded me a lot of the um of the goal that was scored at yankee when Le, so who sprung santi was it that was gabby gabby sprung santi down the right flank at yankee stadium against it was, I think it was, D, was it DC? DC United. Yeah, so it, yeah. it reminded me a lot of that goal. Ledesma's on the right on the right side, uh, plays a ball to, for Gabi. Gabi does his thing, 1v1. He has that secret sauce. He Give give this man a DP contract um, because he, he he fucking deserves it. He has the sauce. He ha A DP in this league, when they have the ball at their feet, we should all be holding our fucking breath because they should all be these brilliant players who are capable of doing unconscious unimaginable things with the ball at their feet. And that's what GP does. When GP has the ball at his feet, you hold your breath because something awesome is about to happen. That does not happen when Talis Magno has the ball at his feet. And it's fucking infuriating that he has this big contract and he's not living up to it. Meanwhile, we have GP over here doing crazy things with the ball most of the time. Granted, he went through a poor stretch of form, but for the most part, when GP has the ball at his feet, he does crazy shit. And it's usually good. Am I wrong? Uh, I think... I think we all agree that's something we missed last week in Toronto. I think if we had GP in Toronto, things would have gone. That would have been a different game. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So GP gets the ball. It's on his right-hand side. He swivels over onto his left-hand side. And then the goalkeeper, I think, in that moment thinks, like, okay, left foot. He's, he's going for the far post. He fucking he fucking bangs it into the, to the near side, to the near post. Um, and, and, like, that's the frustrating thing about football or soccer, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is at its, at its bare bones – it's so easy. It's just it's it's pass the ball, dribble, go score a goal. Like it's it just kick the ball in the net. Like it's like so like that play was very rudimentary, very simple. Play the ball to GP. GP dribbles, gets the ball on his preferred foot, bang, back in the net. Like it's just it make it it seems so easy. Um, granted, it was like more of a breakaway type situation, and there wasn't like they were they weren't hunkered down on defense. Um, but it was a good it was a good um answer to to them scoring a, a, an early goal because now when they go up one zero, you're like oh shit, here we go. Like this this is going to get ugly, and then well, we're able to to draw the game. 
And now we're like, okay, like, like zero, zero, we're back in this shit. Like, it's a brand new game. Let, let's forget about what the fuck happened to start. Like, let's, let's, let's get back into this and let's win this freaking game. And then what happens two minutes later? Who wants to walk, who, who wants to walk us through what happens two minutes later? Another set piece defending. Uh, absolutely brilliant, man. Set piece is what lost us this game. Uh, did, did anybody even touch uh, Capetti on this on this corner kick? Nope his his man nope. his man lost him. No. He was set, he was at the top of the box. This dude had a I full, had a full fucking sprint from the eighteen yard box. Full sprint, unimpeded, untouched, full speed, ran full speed. No one fucking put a hand on him or got in his way or made him change direction. He ran in a straight line, really fast, uncontested, and heads the ball in the back of the fucking net. Just like it's just poor. Once once again, Apple TV showing the fucking replay of the goal like seventeen thousand times before going back to live action. And then as soon as they go back to live action, they win the corner, bang, we're down to I don't I didn't even actually see how they won a corner. Like I didn't yeah, even see no, how that yeah, happened. Because no. I was still like, I was still happy for my scoring. I was still I was still like up and jumping and excited. It, it literally cut to Charlotte getting a corner. Like, the, the, as soon as the replays were done, it literally cut to Charlie getting a corner. Bang, we're down to one. Not even getting a corner. Like, like we were setting up for the corner. Like, we don't have any idea how it happened, uh, what happened off kickoff to where, like, they've literally, con- like, like, we've literally conceded a corner within, de- at, at best, 10 seconds after kickoff. Because, yeah, I just, I, I the Apple TV, I, I have a lot of criticisms of Apple TV. I am not as hot on the Apple TV as other people are. I think it's actually been quite underwhelming and disappointing, not just their uh, coverage, but also how they just like, 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 just like the overall, just the overall presentation of the games is just so sterile and samey and boring. Nothing has like any kind of like, it, it's all like, like I can't decipher between one big match and one bet and like one just like kind of, you know, like, like typical, like, you know, like, 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 like flyover state match, you know, for lack of a better term. Uh, like, like I, I can't, I can't, yeah, like, 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 yeah, like, watching, like, I don't know, like, it's just, not not to mention, you have to deal with fucking BWP in question on the fucking, you know, like, uh. on MLS 360, which is another complete fucking discussion. I, it's like, fucking apple rated msg for half of their fucking personnel and then everybody else just got sloppy seconds and yeah this is uh yeah the, the fact that J- joe tollison or fucking ian ian joy d- don't have jobs like with with apple tv when they're probably overqualified is just insanity to me uh apple tv's poor and we missed the corner like, like listen it, it's not going to change the fact that we gave up a corner right off kickoff after a goal and then conceded uh like r- Literally, it couldn't have been more than a minute after like uh, locking the equalizer. It was just uh, and just awful set piece defending on the part part of uh, uh, Sands and Parks, and yep, just very. Uh, and and, and the, the crazy thing is, it's like after the goal, like we were still kind of like behind, you know, like what everything for until like about twenty first minute, twenty second minute, I would say, and then we started gradually growing into the game. And you know, it felt like something was coming. Keaton had his close call, uh, which was uh, which was saved. I think we generated another shot after that. I can't recall. And then you know, you have GP. Uh, you have us like playing this like very direct counterattack almost, uh, which springs GP, and GP is able to tuck tuck it in. And you think, okay, 
moment even though we've leveled up the game and now momentum's completely on our side and how we relinquish that uh that momentum is just beyond me it's just it, it's it's unfathomable <laughs> like i i just it john what did you think for the first half of this game oh i think that one one was the most dangerous score in football um for any score is is dangerous for us um yeah i know it was that like i said it was lackluster it was we get scored on really quickly being a spurs fan i'm used to that lately um you know it went down right away uh clawing that back uh and to say you know like to go on top of what you're saying about gp um that is phenomenal ledesma's pass was just it was it was just chef's kiss, right? It was just a it was well weighted. It was perfect. And one of the things I've been really upset with um, at home, especially against DC, I was I was just getting really frustrated. Is it, we'd never play the ball into space. We we do this thing now where we bring it up the the side, we get it to Talos Magno, he bops it back and then runs forward, and the defense is already there waiting for you, knowing that the the ball's coming over the top to try to get to him. Instead of just playing the ball into space and letting him run to the ball, and that's exactly what Ledesma did with GP, and sprung him, and, and we get the goal, and again, like you said, we turn around off the kickoff, for some reason we just drop our, we have this tendency this season to also just drop our attention. Like in DC, with that corner, so the, the corner gets, what was it? it was the corner gets saved, but it never goes out of bounds. The ball just rolls right across the line, and everybody goes back, doesn't even notice. They just go back to reset for another corner, and we get scored against because nobody's paying attention. Oh, that was, it's like we have. That was, that was Atlanta with Tiago Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Yeah, it was yeah. just like. Almost oh, whipped it into a, uh, Giacomacus and heads it under, off the underside of the bar, and it goes in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like we have these moments where it's like, just can you guys just wake up? Like you just gave up, like you said, gave up a corner right after the kickoff, and then. During that corner, nobody's defending. Nobody's defending. Um, he, he just makes a perfect run, just heads it. It's like, it's easy. And then for I'd the rest like of the say, match... I would yeah, like to say Copetti's a fucking bitch. I fucking hate that guy, man. <laughs> He's an Argentine. Copetti is a bitch. I thought you love all Argentinians. Nah, nah, man. He's nah. He's he's a special case. He's a bitch. No, that dude is. He's good. Like I, I didn't even really know who he was. And I went after he scored that goal. And I, was like, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And I Google him. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, he's essentially Tati, but four years older. I'm he's, like, why don't we have this he, guy? He he is somebody. He's somebody that I wanted NYCFC to go for. Yeah. No, he would have been awesome. I look. I, I was like, I was like, this guy's like he he moves like Tati. He plays like Tati. He fucking has an attitude like Tati. Like. This guy is Tati, but four years older. Like, why don't we have him? He came. Didn't he come from? I think. I think they bought him from Rossing. So he was just toiling away in yeah, in, from, in, in Argentinian Argentina. league. From Argentina, and he came. Yeah, like this is the so guy that I don't we know should how be getting. I, wearing, so wearing I don't the wrong know, fucking blue. I don't know if someone messed up here. Uh, um, so it says that for Rossing, he made forty appearances for them and scored one hundred and ninety goals. I think someone made a mistake. No, he's a probably beast. nineteen. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, no, he, uh, he's 27. Yep. He's coming from Rossing. Um, and yeah, he's, uh, he scored according to this. He has scored four goals in 11 matches, two of them against us. So that's fun. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely. I mean, I didn't know anything about him before before he he dunked on us and put a and got a brace. But uh, I mean, he's definitely someone to keep an him eye out for. Him and Swid, him and Swiderski are the most detestable pair, like striker pairing in the league. And that's the thing. Uh, Swiderski was playing center midfielder this match. Like he's not even playing striker anymore. Like, I, I just I don't, hate that I don't guy understand. As well, man. I just I can't wrap my head around how we concede three goals to to Charlotte. They're like they're the second worst team in the East. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Like how how did they just? It I mean, to, granted, them it happened one to them us last goal. year. It happened to us last year as well. Yeah, I just I don't get it. Um, A very bad own goal too, like very poor. Yeah. So for um so second half, uh, Jason gets uh gets relieved of his uh of his pun of his duties. Um, Talos comes on. 57 minutes, 57th minute, uh, we get a, a surprise PK uh, be, uh, earned by uh, getting uh, by uh, Kufre doing. I don't know what the fuck Kufre was doing in the 18 yard box, that, and especially in the middle of the 18 yard box, um, or almost in the, like the left side of it, whatever. Um, so he gets brought down. Um, I, I thought it was going to go to VAR and get brought back because I didn't really see like I didn't see anything egregious. Um, but it was soft. But whatever. I mean, I mean, because I mean, Lord knows we're gonna get we're gonna be on the opposite end of this shit like later on in the season. So I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. Um, I mean, it was a pretty clear foul. We, we, we already were on the wrong end of that shit. It didn't. Anyway. It didn't seem it, too it, egregious to me. It, it, I didn't. I didn't see a whole lot in. But it's a clear. It's a clear foul. He went in for the ball, missed the ball, kind of fell over himself into Kufre. I mean, it's a foul. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's a clear foul. Yeah, but I mean, like, like your your whole thing is that if if it gets if it's gonna get called in midfield, it get called in the penalty box. I don't think that thing gets called in the midfield. We, we were actually we were actually discussing in the game whether or not it was gonna be a red card because it, it was pretty fucking dangerous actually. Yeah, like he kind of kind of comes in from behind him, falls onto his back leg, like while like scissoring his leg. It was like it was it was pretty, it was pretty. It looked pretty rough. It looked like it hurt a lot, like a lot. And yeah. I, I I I wouldn't say it was. Like, I wouldn't even call it like a board. board borderline I, it's a clear cut I mean, penalty, you can you can opinion. see on, on live during the game that like Kufre is like writhing around like oh it hurts it hurts and then Alfredo comes over he's like dude stop you got the PK like you can get up and he's like oh okay and he gets like he, he wasn't in, he wasn't in any type of any type of major pain from the tackle but it, it was probably it, not he was he was selling it yeah um yeah so and that, that's not like that's like I was thinking like we don't get PK like we don't get PKs awarded to us like really at all anymore like ever and and, and like I know Davi's gonna is gonna get all fired up because yeah I agree uh, Philadelphia gets awarded PKs like like they're fuck like it's Oprah and they're handing out fucking houses or cars and shit it's like you get a PK you like Philadelphia gets PKs like you wouldn't believe and most of the league gets PKs like I'm always gonna like oh PK PK, PK. like we don't get PKs I, I don't know what it is I don't know if, I don't know if, I don't know if we don't if we're not Houston, if we're not Houston, selling them Jose, or LAFC, if, if we're not getting these unlucky handballs. If we're not getting handballs called, or like, but we we just don't get PKs anymore. Like David Villa like scored a lot of PKs. Maxi's missed a lot of PKs. Uh, Tati scored a few PKs. Like we just don't get PKs anymore. And it, it just I don't know. So it was nice. It was nice for us to get a PK. Um, and then so at, that's at fifty seven. So we're tied two two. It's like okay at this point you have thirty minutes left to play. Like go who wants it? Go grab it. Go take it. Who who's, who wants to take these three points? Um, it's anyone's game at that point. Yeah, like I was like, okay, let, let's fucking do this. Let's go get the, let's go get these three points. This team is not very good. Their defense is shit. Let's let's go get these three points. Um, and then uh, seventy four. Uh, 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 it was a to se- be fair, we scored another goal. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did score the third. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just that it's for the wrong fight. It's on the wrong fucking side of yeah. the, so, the I mean, field. So I mean, Spiderski pings in a, a left-footed service in swinger from like pretty much from the touchline, right from the sideline. 
Um, and uh, it, a bunch of guys go up for it, and, it, and uh, Ledesma's head is at the wrong trajectory, and it kind of hits off his head and fucking settles side netting. Um, and there was nobody really near yes, There was nobody near it that was going to win it from from Charlotte, I don't think. I think there was like three NYCFC guys going up for the same ball. Keaton was behind it. Keaton would have headed that out. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Like it's one of those. It's like one of those things. Where I, it's, it's just like it's fucking unlucky. I, 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 I said it in the, in the live watch line. I'm like, I don't feel so good about this, boys. And then five seconds later, the ball's in the net. I'm just like, for fuck's sake, man. Yeah. So that's at 74, and that's that's, that's a gut punch at at the 75th minute to have that happen. That's that's a major, major it, gut punch. It's it's such a shame. It's such a shame. The first time we score three goals on the road, and it goes against us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, and if you figure in, in MLS, if, if we're scoring two goals in a game, like you, like okay, like yeah, we hey, we won, right? Because if we're scoring, like we haven't, we've scored only two goals on the road this season to begin with. Now we just scored two goals yeah. on the road in a game, in one game. Like you think, okay, we're coming away, we should be coming away with that win because because of how stout our defense has been, um, like so far this season. I mean, at least at home and even away, like we're we're getting like one zero losses. It's not like we're like uh, letting in goals like it's uh like it's a uh, geyser or anything, but. Um, yeah, so 74th minute own goal, less than ideal, really big gut punch. Uh, and then, uh, and then obviously, so what happened in MLS, um, it has listed at 77th minute that O'Toole comes on for Kufre, but it says that Kufre came off with injury. Was, was there an injury to Kufre? Is that why he came off? I've got no clue. Christian, he, he uh, was I, fine. He was, he was the one that committed the foul that led to the, the free kick. He looked uh, fine. I, I, I don't. I don't think he. I don't think it was an injury. I think that he just got uh, taken out to uh, after the goal because uh, we needed something to happen. Right, that's what I thought. But I was like, the free that's what I thought. But MLS has it listed as an injury for him being taken off. So that's why I was curious. Um, yeah, and then and I mean, maybe I didn't. I didn't catch it. And then it, the game ends three uh, two. The 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 attendance announced attendance at this match was thirty thousand four hundred and fifty four, which was the second highest. Actually, as of. As of for Saturday attendances, it was the second highest MLS attended match um, this weekend down in Charlotte. There is a game currently going on with uh, Seattle and SKC. I don't know what the attendance is there, but thirty thousand—that's a—that's a pretty good—that's a pretty good crowd. I mean, uh, they it, uh, it looked it looked quite empty for thirty thousand. Yeah, but it's also it's at the football stadium, so like it's like it's at thirty thousand. I mean, because like if the full stadium is filled, that's like what like almost eighty thousand. So I mean, they probably don't 30, have that. yeah, it's lower bowl it's thirty thousand people. Yeah. In like a sixty thousand minimum stadium. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Yeah, but uh, I mean, but no, yeah, but, Char- the, but the, the, the I mean, the lower the lower bowl is around thirty thousand. I would expect for the lower bowl to be filled. Yeah, um, but uh, roughly thirty. To Charlotte 35, Charlotte routinely has been competing over the past two years with Atlanta for for very large crowds. Um, so thirty thousand is a pretty good number for them. Um, when we played them last year, um, it was also at just a hair over thirty thousand. It was actually it was more this game by about a, like three hundred fifty people or so. Um, but uh, I mean, I really want to beat these guys. Like they're not that good. Like I really hope we beat them when we when we play them at home because I'm uh, I don't like we, we we play them at Yankee Stadium. They've never been to Yankee Stadium, so they're they're not coming out of that place alive. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, something I looked up was uh, the the. the Sides of the field that that we both were attacking on um, for NYCFC it was a clean split thirty eight percentage down the left and the right with twenty four down the middle, and with Charlotte it was forty one percent down the right thirty two percent down the left twenty seven percent down the middle so they were they were attacking down their right flank our left side more often than they were attacking um, the our right side their left side which um, 
which I guess would make sense because, I mean, I, I, I guess Kufre hasn't been the most reliable defender um, this year. So I guess they, they saw saw that as where they don't say. To attack. And plus, uh, Mackenzie Gaines had a pretty good, uh, I think that's his name, uh, he had a pretty good match. He was one who got the assist on the cross to uh, Capetti on the first goal. Um, he did pretty well um, on that right-hand flank um, going at, and then uh, going at Kufre. Uh, and then, I mean, the only, the only, I don't, the only I major don't like, knock, I don't like Kufre. The only major knock I, I have I, on I, Kufre I, in this match was that um, the through ball that was played that led to the first goal, I think he got split. Him, him um, he, he made like a slide to try to block the pass and it didn't, and he didn't get there. Um, so he got kind of, he, he was at fault for the initial run of the play of like leading up to that first goal. Um, I know, yeah, Christian, you can go. I know we, we you made it very abundantly clear you don't like Kufre, but what did he do this match that you didn't like? Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything. I just felt like that left side of the of the defense was an, an expressway for most of the night. I don't feel like I don't I, I can't recall him making. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did, but I can't recall him winning any challenges where I was like, okay, cool, that's good. Like it just he doesn't seem quick enough to transition. Like quick, quick enough. Like if he gets like. If he gets into the attack, um, like, and we turn the ball over uh, while we're attacking, uh, he he's he doesn't seem to have the pace to uh, to recover and get back in a, a position where he can, you know, like like pose some resistance to to to, to the opposing right flank. I just I I completely see why this guy was not playing for Mallorca very much, and mind you, Mallorca is not. Excuse me. Uh, Mallorca is not a particularly good team. Uh, uh, that uh, and you know, for him to not even be able to crack into that team, who have basically looked pretty poor all all year, uh, I think speaks volumes. Uh, granted, you know, La Liga is a lot higher of a level than MLS is, but I and he doesn't seem particularly offensively potent either. I mean, he did draw the penalty uh, uh, with the. Uh, a good, uh, you know, a nice, like, few... I think there was, like, two, like, one-two passes that he made with Talis right there to get into that position. Um, I know Talis had the final pass there, and uh, I just... I'm waiting I'm waiting for him to just do some... I feel like those weeks where we were winning, uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that we were playing down his side particularly less. Because if you remember, like, during that, like, that home stretch, we were only playing down that left wing like maybe like a max of like 15 percent like per half uh it like, like it was mostly running through gp and Michi and Ilenich at the uh, at the right at the right flank uh once and which is completely op- opposite of how we were attacking earlier in the season um and yeah no i just like and i feel like that lack of him being on the ball throughout those few weeks made was enough for people to forget that he's not a good player and I don't want, I don't want him permanently once the season's done. If I could be completely honest, uh, I, I know like everybody's been preaching patience with him, but patience is not a theme on this podcast. Uh, and I, I don't fucking enjoy watching him play. I, I, I just don't, I don't think he offers enough in the attack. I don't think he's particularly sound on defense either. I, I think he's neither fish nor foul. What's up? Can I throw out two stats at you real quick? Okay. Most tackles in the match, most duels won in the match. Well, well, I didn't see any of them. 
He had three tackles, which were the most in the match, and he, and he won eight out of 11 duels in the match. Okay. Eight out of 11 duels, like you're talking about aerial? No, the ground duels. Okay. Well, even so, he's, I'm not changing my opinion of him. He's still trash. <laughs> so that's, that's just it. I, I'm sorry. Like, like blind squirrel finds a nut once or twice. Also, we're talking. Congratulations! He won three tackles in eight out of eleven duels against literally the worst, uh, the second worst team in the fucking league. Third worst team, maybe at best. But congratulations, you did it, John. How do you, uh, how do you feel you know, about like, Brian like, Cofre? You, you made it. Um, my jury's still out on the man. Um, like you said, there some patience. I saw some sparks of. Um, interest let's say and and when he joined but he's been kind of meh to me um i'm ambivalent with him right now i don't i I agree that i don't think he's the strongest in the back uh that we have i wish he'd be a little bit more rock solid um so i'm still my jury's still out on him i could i could if if we lost him i wouldn't wouldn't mind um but i'll give him i'll give him a few more matches all right, so here's a fun part of the podcast. Uh, we're going to jump right into top six, bottom five. <laughs> or what, what did we do last time, Christian? Uh, we actually had to. Uh, I wanted to know what the highest rating was and what, like, like, and what that because nobody had a good performance last week. So uh, this week, this week, there's there's probably a few. I mean, I already know who. Um, I, I, I have a very good, like, I, I don't do the fop mob and who scored thing, like, really, uh, like, like when it comes to, like, like, I, I don't know, but, uh, I have, I can take a guess as to who got top, but yeah, I, I don't know. All right. So let's go across the, uh, let's go across the pod, including the guests and see who, um, who we think was the top performer, uh, for NYCFC in this match. All right. Uh, let's start with Christian. Who, who do you think was the top performer? Probably Gabby Pereira. I would imagine that's that's an easy choice Dav- for, for the top. Davi, who's your top performer? GP. Mr. Harbor? GP. All right. I think it was I think it was GP as well. It was GP. Um, GP came in with a seven point nine on FOTMOB and a seven point seven on Who Scored. He was our best performer by quite a large margin. Um on both on both uh both apps um can i can anybody else name me the next two who who are your next two performers your, who, who 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 what rounds out your top three let's start with christian um wait, wait were you talking about like two and three yeah who's two and three uh hmm. definitely not parks um oh god I see because it was easy for me to pick out the top performer. Who else looked good last night? I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess Ledesma, but I'm kind of pissed at Ledesma because he scored the own goal. I was a little pissed about that. And then he uh, missed a uh, pretty quality chance uh, not long after to equalize, which uh, would have absolved him of his sins. But unfortunately, he is still a, a naughty, naughty boy. Um, ah, shit. Um, two and three. I guess I'm just going to have to go with, <laughs> I'll go with, uh, considering your little stat pad there, I'm going to say Kufre and Ledesma. Those are going to be the, uh, two app, in either, in either, not in no particular order. Okay. Uh, Davi. 
I'm gonna go Santi and Talos. John? Santi and Ledesma. All right. The second best performing player, according to FOTMOB, was Santiago Rodriguez coming in at a 7.4. Now on who scored, he got a 6.8. That's that's a pretty large uh, margin of difference between the two I, apps. I think who scored might have that one right. Because outside the PK goal, Santi really didn't assert like much of anything onto this game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the third best highest ranked player, um, same score on both apps was Brian Kufre at 7.3. 7.3 on who scored, yes, 7.3 on, on FOTMOB. Uh, rounding out the rest of the top six, we have Richie Ledesma at 6.8, 6.4. 6.8 on FOTMOB, 6.4 on who scored. We have Luis Barraza at 6.3 on FOTMOB, but a 5.9 on who scored. And the sixth, because this is players that started the, in the starting 11, the sixth best player was Tavon Gray at a 6.2. What? And, uh, and on who scored, it was a 5.9. Uh, now let's transition over to the bottom five performers of the match. Who do we think was the lowest performing player on NYCFC in this match? I am going to say either James Sands or uh, or Keaton Parks. Davi. Alfredo. John? Sands. All right. The worst performing player, according to Fop Mob, was Alfredo Morales at a 5.5. Who scored had Alfredo at a 5.8. Yeah, he wasn't good. And on either app, he was the lowest performing player. Uh, who who were your second and third worst performers, Christian? I'm going to say, okay, so he got a five point something. So I'm going to say stands after him. And then I'm going to say Keaton Parks again. Yeah. I think that's Davi. We'll go Parks and Sands. Switch the order. John. Same. All right. The second worst performing player is actually a tie. Keaton Parks at a five point seven with a six point two on who scored. The third worst performing player, according to Fop Mob and Who Scored, Tiago Martins. 5.7, 6.2. They both had the same ratings on both apps. Rounding out the bottom five, at fourth is Jamie Sands, 6.0, 6.0 on both apps. And the person in the smack dab in the middle, the fifth worst player, was Andres Jason at a 6.1, 5.9. Now, at with the three substitutions, we have Kevin O'Toole at 6.1, 5.9. Misha Alenik at 6.4, 6.4, and Talis Magno at 5.9, 6.1. So, this was a, another match where we only have three players rated over a seven, which is actually pretty surprising considering we scored two goals in this match and we only have three players over a seven. Um, and I think it, it, the thing it, is, it, it, the second goal is a penalty, so yeah. like it kind of like skews everything. Yeah. So like, it, it's not like a result of amazing play. Even though I do think the play that preceded the penalty was good, yeah. but I do think it's a microcosm of us just not performing well as a team on the road. Um, because if you look at our ratings when we play at home, 
it's like everyone's over a seven because we're just balling out. But when we're not doing well, it's like it's like the all or none principle. It's like not it's like okay, some of us aren't doing well, or some of us aren't doing bad. It's like all of us are doing bad because re- realistically, uh, if you score two goals, you should, somebody should be over an eight, and we don't have anybody near an eight. <laughs> Can, can I also like like even though like he wasn't named even close to the worst on any of the apps, um, uh, I I I don't I hate to bring this this train back and and like and you know like spin the block with you know with this particular car again, but I also am feeling down on Barraza again. Mm-hmm. I thought Barraza looked pretty pretty bad last night. Uh, I thought the first goal he could have easily came out and asserted some dominance over his immediate area and grabbed that ball. That, 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 that finish is like really close to him. That ball like basically skids like it could, it can't be more than two yards in front of him. Um, and also, uh, like the corner goal, like the same thing, like the near post corner. And yeah, it's kind of tricky, but once again, just, just, I'm not seeing him come out like in the way that like Sean would come out, like Sean, like on, on set pieces, especially was, was pretty, you know, like like he did, it didn't always work out, but he was pretty aggressive on set pieces when it came to like jumping up and punching something out or grabbing, grabbing it out of the, grabbing it out of the air. Pardon me, sorry again. I uh, not feeling too great uh, today, guys. So um, I'm doing my best here, but um, uh, just I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna give him too much shit for the third goal uh, because it's an own goal and uh, you know uh, it, it you know like. Wisdom would say that one of your players clears it out, especially as you mentioned, Joe. There was no Charlotte players really in the immediate vicinity that could have done anything with that ball. It was a good delivery, but outside of that, there was really nobody to meet it. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, I'm I, I I we already know that Freeze is going to start in this U.S. Open Cup match this week, uh, and I really really hope that he has a really good outing. And is and we haven't been hyping him up all this time, and he turns out to be bad. I'm really hoping that he he, he does well because I'm I'm kind of over Barraza now again. Like he's decent at stopping shots, but when it actually comes to like patrolling that like you know that that that, that like immediate area around him, I just don't. I f- I feel like that's like part of his weakness uh, of his game. Also, his footwork isn't too great either. So I'm going to come in with a counter on that because I am a little bit pro Barraza and I have an argument and I know this has been hashed out is that, look, he's not Sean and Sean is huge and he has stature. So when you say stuff like he doesn't come out and punch the ball, you know, that's not Barraza's style. That's not like, so when he stops shots, that's what a goalie does, right? He stopped the shot. I think he relies a lot on, especially on set pieces, I think he should come out because I do think like, he was relying on Parks and, and Sands to actually clear that ball, and they don't. Um, I, my biggest problem with Barraza, honestly, is I think he punches away too many balls than he, it, that he should catch, or he parries away yes. too many balls. It's like, dude, catch the ball because yeah. you're putting it back into danger. I, 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 I vividly remember it because I was behind the goal when it happened um, against Dallas where somebody headed the ball and it was going in, and instead of catching, he just punched it away for some reason. Yeah, it's like, get the hands, get the ball, and just cover it. Like, just hold on to the damn ball. Um, but other than that, he's, I, he's a solid keeper. And I actually, I was very nervous at the beginning of the season on him because um, I've always compared him against Sean. And every time he came in for Sean, you know, I was like, oh dear, here we go. Um, I feel like he's a solid option, but is he, I feel like, I, I still feel like he's just a backup goalkeeper. You know, but like, he's like, held, he, like we were saying, Joe pointed out that we're not giving up a lot of goals. 
he is saving a lot of goals. I mean, he's making some incredible saves. Yeah. Some of you know some of the stuff you are weaker on defense and his footwork. I get Wiggy when he comes out way out of the box, right? And his foot, his passing is yeah. Um, I think Freeze might be a better keeper. I don't. We haven't seen him play, um, but I also think he's more of an our style of a keeper. So my problem with Barraza, yeah, he is making saves, but he's also making more saves for himself because he's not like properly handling initial services and and shots and stuff. He's parrying them into dangerous areas and having to make a, a, a like this, yeah. an excellent rebound save that he shouldn't have had to make the save in the first place because he should have just held the first held it the first time. So that's where like I'm, I said, I wish he had stickier hands. Yeah. I wish he didn't punch so much. Um, so, but my question I'm going to pose to, to Christian is: is so we know that the, we know that NYCFC does not hold a lot of weight in this U.S. Open Cup. So my concern is going to be is that they are going to roll out that they will roll out uh, um, Matt Freeze in this match. But my concern is is they're they're going to put a substandard defense in front of him. And what happens if he gets lit up in this in this in this U.S. Open Cup match against a very formidable Cincinnati team? Um, what, what, what's, so what's going to happen if he gets absolutely lit up by, by a substandard defense in front of him? So I think you're right. I do think we are going to put a substandard defense in front of him, 100%. I think you definitely are going to see Turnbull in this game. I think you're definitely going to see uh, Alfaro in this game if he's healthy. Because, uh, you know, he was on the injury report, you know, uh, for, and missed this game. He was listed as out in this game. So um, we know that he's going through some health concerns. Uh Maybe a Wusu. I, I don't even know. It's a Wusu even still on our team. Like I, I yeah, he just had an assist I, in NYCFC too. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you might see some. I actually, I, I would imagine you see a lot of NYCFC two guys in this game, like a John Dennis and uh, Johnny Dennis been scoring hurt. a lot. Yeah. Oh, he did. That's unfortunate. He hurt his knee. Yeah. Uh, because he was scoring. He was scoring a lot. Uh, for NYCFC two. He scored yesterday, and then he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, no, and uh, and then at left back you'll probably see either well probably O'Toole out there. Even though I would think it would be kind of a kind of a cheeky if we maybe see a random Christian McFarland uh, McFarlane uh, sighting. He looked good yesterday. I think that would be a, a yeah. I mean, I didn't know he was built like that until you fucking sent the pictures. I was still thinking of like his first ever interview where he literally looks like he just got out of elementary school, no, and now the man literally looks like. <laughs> He looks like he's reached his final form now. Like, like I wasn't fucking expecting that. I wasn't expecting, you know, fucking Godzilla. Uh, Jesus, that dude's his muscles have muscles. Um, but he's on that Justin Hack shit. No, when Justin, uh, Justin Hack was looking like I, Baby Cavani. Now he's fucking got big legs and shit. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I think that actually. So I don't think it fares well for our team as a whole and our, our chances of winning the game. But I do think that fares well of Matt Freeze being active and getting, you know. An extended look at how he's stopping shots, uh, you know, how he's distributing out of the back. Um, yeah, and well, how is his footwork? How's his work on set pieces? Uh, I do think that Matt Freeze is going to be active for a, a lot, for much of this next game. And that's the type of game that he needs. Like, he can't come into, like, one of those games, like, uh, like, like kind of like a, you know, like, he can't come into, like, one of those 2-0 clean sheets where, like, he... His work is, you know, where he doesn't have much to do. He needs to have a game where he's going to be, you know, on his toes constantly. And, uh, you know, even if even if he lets two goals, like, you know, go past, because, you know, every you know, keepers can't be expected to save everything. If he's, like, making, like, six saves on the night, and if he's, like, and if he's constantly coming off of his line for, uh, 
effectively coming off this line for corners and free kicks and you know and and, and what have you. Uh, then I do think that he can make a case for himself. Now, I've I've said since the beginning, I don't really think that there's actually a competition going between these two. I think Cushing and the front office's mind was made up before the season even started, once, they, once it became apparent that Sean wasn't going to be returning to the squad. I think they feel that they owe Barraza a season, at least, to prove his worth. I, I, I And I stand by that. However, if, you know... If Matt Freeze comes out of nowhere and absolutely, you know, stands on his head against Cincinnati the, this week, it, you know, do you reward him with a start? I mean, then again, you also got the Derby this week. Is that the time or is that the best time for a goalkeeper change? Probably not. Um, and, but you know, I definitely think Barat. But that's, yeah. the, that's the thing is that from here on out, the schedule gets very muddy. Like it's like Wednesday, US Open Cup, Cincinnati, Saturday, Derby. Then we then we play on Wednesday again against some whoever the fuck we play against, and then it's Saturday again. So like now we have these we have two these two week games two week uh, two week games. Is that right? <laughs> two games, three, games, two three, game, two, three games, three game weeks twice in a row. Yeah. yeah. So we have we have a lot of ga- a lot of games come. So like when do you, like if you like so if like like if you can if it comes to fruition at that uh, that that Matty Matty Freeze goes off in this U.S. Open Cup game, like, when do you make the change? Do you wait until the weekend? Like, you don't play him in the in the Open Cup, but you play him, you don't play him in the Derby, but you play him the following week on the Wednesday? Like, when do you make that switch? I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can make that switch. I think it's, I think, I think the, you know, the that ship has sailed. Yeah. Uh, the time to make, the time to make that switch was week one against, uh, against Nashville. And it didn't happen. Even though, uh, you know, I mean, we didn't see much of the preseason, but from the looks of it, Matt Freeze had a really good preseason. Uh, and a, a better preseason at that than Barraza did. Uh, however, it's just that was the time to make the switch, and which is why I've been saying since the beginning there's there is no real competition here. The, the Cushing's mind was made up for reasons that are noble. I think, like like to be fair, uh, you know, I do think that like with Barraza being a backup, you know, for so long and being mostly decent at least, you know, when when called upon. Uh, in the years that Sean has had, in, in the times that Sean had to, uh, you know, go go out with the national team, uh, I do think it, it's a noble endeavor to reach out to him and say, okay, this is going to be your year to prove yourself. As a, whereas, you know, bringing in a keeper from a rival club, a young keeper at that, and then immediately starting him and put placing him ahead of Barraza in the pecking order probably would have felt like a slap in the face to Barraza. And uh, from what I've seen from Mizell, he's not very good. Uh, and so I don't think you really want Cody Mizell to be your only option behind everybody. So, whereas maybe you can, uh, placate, uh, freeze and his desire to play for like a little bit until it gets out of control. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't see a pathway for, unless Barraza gets hurt and nobody wants to root for it. No, nobody, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, you know, like, and also, you know, and 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 Barraza, you you know, we've seen like in a few times where Barraza's picked up these knocks in these games, you like, you know, like like he, he's obviously like tough and cagey and can come out, but like I I do think there's a part of his mind that says if he comes out of any game due to an injury that he's even somewhat concerned about, and Matt Freeze comes in and performs well, his job's done. Oh, I'm uh, pretty sure that's why he didn't come out with the groin pull when he yeah couple... yeah one hundred percent. That's definitely why he didn't come out, and so. No, I don't see a pathway unless he actually gets hurt. I think Matt Freeze is 
I think you think you can try, like like you can call it. He's a backup. Now, listen, it would be bold. I'm not anything can happen. I don't think a derby match is necessarily the game that you want to have your backup keeper make his debut, though. I I don't know if that's uh, apropos. Even if the Red Bulls are bad, you know, like, because obviously the Red Bulls are a very, very, very bad team right now. But, you know, even so, so I mean, that's... When it's a derby, you throw a form out of the window and just go at it. Yep, it's unpredictable. So I think uh, I think now's a good time as ever to go around and give our, our final thoughts on, on our, our two-game losing streak and this match against, uh, against Charlotte. Um, can't seem to beat them just quite yet. 0-3. Um, their, fa- their fans are annoying as fuck too. I, I I would just like to throw that out. I fucking hate their fans, man. My my issue is that they they're trying to like make like a rivalry, but I, I you couldn't pay me to care about any with us like with their us? fans. Why? Like 100%. Yeah, if you go to like their Twitter, you can one hundred percent like tell that they're trying to like manufacture a rivalry because no, they can because be they rivals with Atlanta. Oh well, see the thing is, in their eyes, when they first joined the league, we were the defending champions, and they swept us that season. Oh, uh, and they, and and they were feeling very, very happy about it, and trying to, you know, like take some shots on Twitter and so- yeah, social yeah. media. And, and, oh, oh, what did that lead to? Listen, no, no listen, playoffs for you, so shut the fuck up. We went over the during the previous uh, episode. We went over what our what our lineup was at Charlotte last time, and and Vuk Lutinovic started at center back. So that's all you need to know about the the amount. I mean, the quality I mean, look at us starting. <laughs> Look at our starting lineup this game. Like, look at our starting lineup this game. Like, like, like Andres Jason in a starting eleven. Uh, you know, like James Sands at center back. You know, like, like it, 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 Alfredo Morales, who's dish, like terribly out of form. At, like, like starting, like yeah, that's like, like we didn't start our first choice lineup in this game either because we don't take Charlotte seriously. Charlotte is the furthest rivalry in my head that I have. Like they're not even in a thought. Yeah, no, in and, my mind. and yeah. I was going to, I was going to make that known. I'm just like, we're never going to care about you. We do not care. You, you're about as much as a, as a rival as Orlando is in my eyes, and Orlando is not a rival in my eyes at all. The only overlap that Orlando and, I, and we have is that they came into the league can, at the same time. They, they, they can go be idiots with the people down in Orlando, like genuinely. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure MLS eventually in 2035, Don Garber is going to you know, need that, like, little fucking expansion fee stimmy, you know, in his hands, and he's going to get that itch, and I'm pretty sure they'll put a team in Bumblefuck Nowhere where that, that they can war over. You know, no, it, but, got, it got, just, a, it got announced to, today, they'll, they'll not officially announced, but San Diego is going to be the next expansion team. Are you kidding oh, me? Yeah. Another that, California team? Yeah, because yeah, the last yeah. thing, the, 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 the oh, one thing that this on, league man. needs is another Southern Californian team. That's the one thing that this league is missing. Four Southern Californian teams. It's no, LAFC, no, LA, San Jose's no, no Cal. San Jose's North California. It's four four in total for that whole bitch ass state, which is burning to its impending doom. But yeah, and that, and that frustrates me because there's there. a lot of de- deserving markets out in the in the West that I thought I thought Phoenix or or um, Las Vegas deserved it. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it should. I, I think the, the only reason San Diego got to MLS is because of the Landon Donovan connection. That that is it. It probably definitely is. But like, how cool would it be if there were? Like, I was listening to. Uh, if you guys don't follow uh, the MLS uh, MLS Fashion Podcast, it's a it's a new podcast. It's out there, active on Twitter, um, and they were talking about in their podcast. How cool would it be to have like an FC Montana? I mean, I mean, we 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 we'd be the first professional sport. 
Yeah, like, to be like, in like, a, like give, give, give a market who doesn't have like prof a professional I mean, sporting what, team, give them something so they can create what something. I mean, yeah, the, the oh, Idaho potatoes. For yeah. Uh, what, what, what about? I mean, what about Indy Eleven, who's like literally building a stadium that like can seat I think twenty thousand plus and has been like like is 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 probably one of the best supported like usl teams out there what about detroit you know See, detroit is nah, like my only thing with detroit and Indy is that is that, that, that area of the country they already had the chicago fire the columbus crew the cincinnati uh, you have cincinnati Minnesota. you have Minnesota, like that there's a lot of teams around there I, I would still much rather see a team like Indiana or or detroit get like an mls team no, as opposed like to san diego Milwaukee or green bay yeah, but like, are, are there any? But yeah, but yeah, Milwaukee's building a new stadium for their USL team, and they have the, actually, they have yeah. a big following. Uh, what was it, Forward Madison over there um, in in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, they have a uh, they have yeah, a big, Wisconsin, a big yeah. following. Fort Worth. Oh, the, well, there's a yeah. team that you could have given a fucking you know expansion to, but like I, I don't know, I don't. I'm I'm so over fucking anything to do with California. It's not a fucking like outside the Lakers and Dodgers. Nobody in Southern California gives a fuck about sports. I will say uh, though, like, like, San Diego is like fucking paradise. That's the obviously the, that's the nicest city in California. And, oh, it might be. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying anything necessarily. Like you know, I'm not taking away from the city itself. I mean, listen, the areas like you know immediately around you know la are like really nice like i think la is a it's, shithole only, it's only two hours from la I, I think la in and of itself is a shithole but you know i remember when i was out there i went to you know santa monica which was like really really nice I, uh venice was really really nice uh you know like like but uh, just like it, it's a city of all transplants like nobody like who's like living in la proper is from la and like which is why like the two nfl franchises that they put they just put there are failing again it, it, like, like the Chargers literally play in front of fucking nobody, uh, and just it, it's just not a sports city outside the Lakers and the Dodgers. They just don't give a shit about anything that comes up, comes in there. And I guess you can say LAFC has like finally broken through, but a lot of those guys were lapsed Chivas fans. You know, there was already like like that's what like let's call it what it is. They're lapsed Chivas fans who just didn't like the Galaxy and wanted to support a team that was going to be a foil to the Galaxy and waited with bated breath for LA to get a second team because once New York got a second team, it was only, you know, it, yeah, it was inevitable that they would add a second one in LA because that's American customs. If, if MLS uh, ever has a retro jersey day where like it's like a one day only and they wear like the retro jerseys, LAFC for sure has to wear the Chios uniforms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I... I, I I don't know how I don't know how Guadalajara would feel about that, but I mean I'm pretty sure they're going to have to sign some kind of a licensing deal with uh, the actual Chivas. But yeah, no, for sure, it's literally what they are, just Chivas 2.0. Yeah. All right, John, take us home. Uh, give us your final thoughts on uh, on NYCFC match day 11. Yeah, you guys are going to hate me. I'm bringing back the positive vibes. The um... You know, we lost 3-2. Yes, we were weak in some areas. We lost on own goal. We would have had a point on the road, our first one. Um, Toronto, we would have played better if GP was in. So, last two games, even though we're losing, I still have some... It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> for sure. Dobby. I'm, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, Dobby. Take we'll it. save you for that. You're going to be the best. Dobby! You know, what is there? To, what is there to talk about? I mean, literally the same shit. And just, I'm just so I'm so over this man. Oh man, like we 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 should we should have strengthened more over the window. That 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 falls on the front office. 
A, for, for not having the proper depth. We don't have a proper striker. We don't have a left-footed center back. We, 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 we don't even have a backup winger for, for, for whatever Talos wants to throw another pitch fit. And we need to bench him. Like, we, we just we just have, we have nothing. We, we have absolutely nothing. And, and, and with this coach as well, I, I, it, oh, my God. Don't even get me started on Cushing, man. Just like. I, I blame NYC. I, I mean, I blame NYCFC source for getting everyone's expectations elevated. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to add to that fire. But, uh, you, you, yeah, you could go ahead and uh, agree to disagree on that statement. Whether, uh, yeah, I mean that. This is just fucking disappointing, man. I mean, we're we're, we're probably going to be the last team in the in, in in the league to to get an away win. Our, our best road performance of the season so far. We score three goals and we still find a way to fucking shoot ourselves in the foot and lose. Like, I, but, you're, oh, you're, you're, oh, count, oh, you're counting oh, that oh, third oh, goal positive. as the own goal, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you score three goals on the road and you still fucking lose. Like, come on now. I mean, is, is it going to get better on the road or what? Because, I mean, well, we hope so on the Derby. Yeah, we hope so. Well, I, I well, We'll probably win that game by the grace of God. God, God will probably just come down and just let it, let us suffer, let us not suffer for that for that one night. And whatever, man. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if we lose seven zero again to to that shithole. Don't game, you man. wish that, that devil just... on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you wish that devil on me? <laughs> this it's just, man. It's just disappointing, man. Like. Like this, this performance deserved at least a point, point minimum. I agree. And we, and we come out empty-handed. Like it, it's better than Toronto. Oh man, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like it's, it's, I'm sounding like a Philadelphia Union fan right now. Like I'm just basing this off what ifs. Like if we, if we had GP, we probably get, we probably win the last week in Toronto. And 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 if we don't, and if we actually knew how to fucking defend a set piece for once, we actually probably come away with three points, if not at least a point from yesterday but I mean, spilled milk at this point what can you do yeah. set pieces have really killed us this season they have need to, need to improve our training this week better. better be yeah. better our training this week better be nothing but set pieces Just, you're staying in set piece mode until you get this thing right I agree. just disappointing man that's and, and I guarantee you that's what the uh, inside of beyond the training or beyond the pitch or inside training whatever whatever little uh, gimmicky PR uh, videos they release about training is going to be them defending set pieces to appease the masses. <laughs> Christian, final thoughts. Oh, uh, I'm kind of with John on this one, honestly. Uh, th- these uh, first, first and foremost, these have been rotate. Oh, excuse me. This is these have been uh, rotation games, so uh, it's really hard to extrapolate anything as far as you know like like what we're going to look like when our first team is uh, all on the pitch at the same time uh it's hard to you know take anything away from these last two games they've kind of been you know that's just how i feel about them also we also like one thing that we just don't factor in is that this team just doesn't have the depth right now so uh, we 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 have a severe lack in depth and yeah, and, and honestly, like, that has kind of applied ever since, uh, I mean, it, it applied when Tati left as far as, like, we haven't had a true striker since last summer. And, you know, we've kind of been trying to experiment with how we can deal with it in the in the interim. And, you know, un, uh, you know, unlike Davi, I just, here's the thing, I would rather just wait until the summer window and get the right player 
when they're available as opposed to just go out and panic buying somebody at an inflated European price or an inflated uh, you know upper tier South American price just to fill a void and then that player turn out not to be what we need um, so I'm I, I'm waiting patiently until and, and the good news is is that it's not like we've been terrible completely we're still getting results at home we're still we, we're still winning at home and we still look like our actual true selves when we have our first 11 on all at the same time at home. So it's not like we're in complete free fall either. We're, we're still like, if the season ended today, we'd still be in the playoffs. I know it's not saying much with the, the new MLS the format. The problem is that uh, you mentioned that uh, and you uh, put look. at home at the end of each sentence. Uh, okay, okay. I didn't cut you off when you were doing your final thoughts. Uh, uh, I would I'm ask so, you I'm don't sorry. do the same to me. Um, I'm sorry, but I just Okay, but here, here's the thing. I'm tying it all together. Just, just give me a second. Uh, once we have the depth and everything like that and, and are a little bit stronger on the road, because I don't necessarily think these last two games boil down to tactical ineptitude when it comes to losing them. I think these last two games have just been a matter of players are not being are either being played out of position or aren't being played at all. And, you know, we've already seen what the attack looks like without GP versus with GP. Our attack looked much better th this week as opposed to it did last week. Not like, and GP proved it with the goal that he scored. And also constantly being involved in every single dangerous chance that we created all, all night. Uh, so I do think that we have to give this team a little bit of time. And I'm willing to give the FO the benefit of the doubt. You know, j just being, you know, with... With, I, I am disappointed with some moves, like loaning out Tiago Andrade and just giving away Mel, Melda Amundsen last minute, uh, especially ahead of such a congested schedule period where, you know, having a player like Melda Amundsen and Tiago Andrade would have been really, really handy. However, I am still of the belief that come July and August, when you can start getting in players during this big summer transfer window, um, I do think that we are going to see an improvement and I'd much rather be stronger in the second half of the season rather than insert the wrong player during the winter window or that secondary MLS window that just ended and then be kind of fucked for the entire season and, uh, and you know, and shooting ourselves in the foot. So listen, if things are still bad by September, then yeah, okay, then I'm willing to start calling for guys to get fired and then I'm just going to start, you know, ringing the you know, ringing the alarm and pressing the panic button. But right now, I know that we're not a complete team. No team in the history of MLS has ever faced the turnover uh, that we did this winter as far as player contributing and uh, productive players leaving the club. Uh, and so this is a transitional period. I don't think it's necessarily rebuilding. It's retooling. And we will retool in the summer officially. We've gotten some... We, we've gotten the base uh, of it back in by bringing in James Sands, you know, reinserting him into the squad, bringing in Ledesma on a year-long lo loan, bringing in Micha Ilinich, who looks like he might be one to watch. And, you know, and then, you know, we can go from there. Uh, uh, so, no, I'm not really willing to, like, you know, throw the toys out the pram and cut off my nose to spite my face just yet uh, because, you know, things are a little rough right now. I do think that there is going to be a chance for us to, to turn this around, and I think there's time. And as long as we're hot at the right moment, which is going into the playoffs, then... You know, all is well that all is well that ends well. I do think that this team is going to have a, uh, you know, a turnaround soon, and I do think once we add some players, I do think you'll start seeing those road performances improve as well. That's just how I see it right now. I'm just like that's me trying to be as objective and uh, as possible because you know, blind optimism is dumb, but blind pessimism is just as dumb. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider myself a subscriber to either thought. And yeah, no. I, 
come the summer, let's see what this front office gets done, and then let's see how they how Cushing institutes it on the pitch. And if it's still bad, then yeah, you can get them out, and you know we can talk about the front office and what they're doing. All right. Um, my final thoughts are that losing sucks. Um, it's a lot more fun uh, to be an NYCFC supporter fan uh, when we're winning and when we're playing at home, we tend to win. When we play on the road, we tend to get mixed bag results, and more, uh, more so, more recently, we tend to get uh, poor results. Um, this is the still the we're still in the very beginning stages of a very tough away stretch. Uh, we lost to Toronto, we lost at Charlotte, we have a midweek away match at Cincinnati in the US, US Open Cup. Then we come up the weekend with an away match at Red Bull Arena against Red Bull, New Jersey. Then we follow that match up with an away match at Orlando City. So we are still working our way into the eye of the away match storm. Um, and we need to find a way to get some type of semblance of positivity and positive results. We can't just go in here and lose, lose, lose. I don't care if it's fucking May. We have to win matches. Um, uh, and then but then, uh, then we go through a, a little home stretch, and then it's uh, back and forth, and then it's another away stretch. Like So... The, if we're going to be in a good position, a, a favorable position, um, in, at the end of the season, we have to find a way to get some results away. I know we're going to win at home. We're going to win and draw at home. That's what we do. All right, but we have to find a way. The good teams, the teams at the top of at the top of the standings, are teams that find ways to win away. And I know that we have potential reinforcements coming in in in, in the July transfer window, but we have a lot of matches from now to July. Okay, we have we have quite a few matches from now to July that we have to get by and get through and find a way to duct tape and 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 figure it out and get re- just get results with what we have. We have to find a way to stay healthy because we don't have a lot of depth at some very very critical positions. One or two major injuries can really derail this season, and I'm not ready to throw the, the, the throw up the white flag and and, and say screw 2023. Let's, let's look to 2024 because I still think that there's hardware available this year with the way that this roster is currently constructed. Um, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot, te- a lot of teams in MLS that are in a lot worse position than we are right now, both roster wise and table wise. Um, but it's really, it, it's, it, it's really hard to, to get excited about a weekend match for NYCFC when it's an away game, because we, we just don't do, we don't play well away. We just don't do, we don't, we just don't, we, we do not put our best foot forward. We do, we do not play with passion. We do not play with vigor. We do not play with intensity when it's away and, and it's a problem. Um, and I think that, 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 that this comes, that this is a direct, uh, direct example of, of of coming from the top down, from the from the from the front office to the manager to the to the entire coaching staff to down to the players. You have to get these guys up and get them get them excited and get them ready to play on on, on a, for an away match, whether it's just across the river in, in, in New Jersey against Red Bull, or if it's hopping on a plane and flying to Cincinnati and playing an, an open cup match, or flying down to Disney World and playing against Disney FC. Um, we have to find a way to get results um, and. As much as I'm pessimistic, I'm also optimistic that that things will get turned around because I mean, it, it, I mean, there's no reason to be just a, a, a grump the whole time and say, oh, that the sky is falling. We're going to lose every match here the rest of the season. Like we're going to win matches because the reason why we like watching this club is because we're a, we're a pretty good MLS club. We win, we win more more than we lose. We've been in the in the, in the MLS Cup playoffs for 
um, set, uh, eight out of the nine or seven of the eight, eight out of the nine seasons we've been in, in MLS. Um, we're used to that. That's a, that's a, that's our standard um, is is making the playoffs, and we've won a cup. So now that's the new standard is that we've tasted the, the the fruits of our labor. We've tasted the thrill of victory, and we want more. It's addictive. We want to, we want to win more shit. Like I, I think that goes across all four people in this podcast and across the entire entirety of NYCFC fandom is that. We've t- we, we're, we're a little bit addicted to winning. We, we want to win. We like winning. It feels good. It tastes good. And we want more of it. Um, so do whatever you have to do to win games. Let's get back. Let's get back on the right foot. Win, 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 draw. Get us a positive result here in the next couple of results because losing fucking sucks. And it sucks coming on here and talking for an hour and a half about how we just fucking lost. It sucks. It's not fun. I want to have fun I again. Was, <laughs> I, I, want, I wanted to go to Red Bull away, but it looks like I'm, I'm not going anymore. Figure it out, Dolly. Figure it out. Yeah. Buy the ticket. Figure it out. I'll drive I'm there not. if I have to. If you're, if, if you're, if going. you're gonna, if you're gonna going. miss a dar- okay. if you're missing a derby match because we lost to Charlotte in a rotated game, if you're missing out on a derby because of that, Dobby, come on, come I'm not on, going. I'm not going. What's, I'll be there. What's, Dobby. What's what's the point? Barney is flying from what's, England what's... to come watch this game. I think you can come from White Plains. Yeah, you'll what's... be fine. What's the point? What? Oh, just, just, all right. Well, go, I've, go I've already Harrison. I've already quoted. Go, 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 <laughs> go to the middle of butt fuck Harrison butt fuck in Harrison. the middle of nowhere in a fucking dumpster. It, it, a dumpster. Go, that's where the state. That's you're gonna. You're going to go to. Stadium's built on a dumpster. Okay. Okay. No, you're going to. You're going to Harrison, New Jersey because because you're going to Harrison, New Jersey because the pride of. You're going. I'm going to repeat the sentence every single time. So so we could be here. Okay. Uh, we are, you are going to go to Harrison, New Jersey, because our team is needs our support to the, to to take to take home the bragging rights for who owns New York on this particular night. Not in general, we own New, New York all the time, but because we actually play there, and uh, also because we're the only football club in New York to have uh, silverware. But yeah, no, uh, we we. Uh, you're going to be there because our boys need us for that game and we need to uh, rub it in their faces. Because even if we're, even if things aren't the best right now, we'll wait until you see how things are on the other side of the river, Dobby, because that, that ain't pretty either. Plus when we play, when, not, when we not, play in the Derby going. game, it's a great chance to wear this ring and just fucking hold it up and show it to every fucking Red Bull fan as we walk by them. All right. I mean, I know it's only, yeah, it's only a replica, but you walk by and you fucking show them. And, and also you wear whatever kit you have that has a star on it, you just walk with your finger, with this finger right here, just pointing so, right to the fucking star. So, so it's funny you mentioned that, Joe, because I love, like, the new, like, this new custom of chanting stars during the, uh, <laughs> dur- during the game. Because it's perfect, because obviously the Red Bulls, like, say, like, the red, yeah. uh, you know, like, like the, 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 the red they're, part. But the thing is, they're, they're not saying that st- anymore. St- for st- some reasons. Star, stars is repeated twice in the song so we say it before they say red and we say it after they say red yeah. so it's perfect and that and that, saying that alone is going to be worth the entry fee you know yeah, they will there. be say, they will be saying red this this weekend i don't think no. yeah well <laughs> sucks to be uh, them I, I don't know man um, i i i'm i don't know I might, I might i might go to city field for the philly game but i don't know um, what's the point okay Davi's gonna miss out on a seven-nil away win. Uh, well, that's gonna be tragic, and I'm gonna tell you, I told you. No, 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 that's 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 fine because we'll 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 beat Philly ten-nil. So yeah, right. It'll be perfectly okay. They're gonna get nine PKs against us. Dude, 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 we are so blessed. We got a home game at City Field against Philly and an away derby match. I am so blessed right now. This is going to be the best. This is going to be the best week ever. (laughs) 
Well, on that as note, far as to quote Rob Schneider in The Waterboy, Oh no, we suck again! <laughs> Jesus Christ. And as always, New York is blue. <laughs>